Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for Bring Them Out with your hosts, Joel Richardson and Alan Hill. Hey, everybody, we're here at the Sunnybrook Ballroom inside Joel's office with another episode of Bring Them Out. I'm Alan Hill, here with Soul Joel himself, who has uh, raided Jay Black's closet on his way to yes. Sunnybrook tonight. Yes. I do look like an Ivy League professor. <laughs> you look like somebody who just got tenure and then yeah. left to pursue a comedy career. <laughs> no, exactly. Which, which ironically, last time uh, that, well, not one of the last times we were hanging out, uh, it was on a Sunday with uh, Canal Aurora. Oh. And, and we're hanging out for, uh, it was a surprise 30th birthday for one of our regulars, uh, Tom, mm-hmm. and, and his wife. Great and group of people, man. Great group of people. Great group of people. And um, Kabungo. <laughs> Kabungo, who's the man. Who's the man. Always come, Him and his friend came, and uh, uh, they always come to uh, bring a table. For bingo, yeah. whether they bring their wives or not, they always come. Yes. You know, another guy's night at bingo. It's like the, the only male-dominated table at bingo, probably. Yes, correct. <laughs> and and they go, Joel, man, you're so famous that you need security. They thought you hanging out watching the Eagles game was security. And then you totally brought I, I, attention to the part that I didn't realize. Because I was I brought my butt pillow. It's, bas- it's a back support pillow. <laughs> but it basically just looks like a butt pillow. It, yeah. looks, it looks like I'm doing it for hemorrhoids or something, but it's for my lower back issues. Yes. <laughs> and I felt safe. <laughs> well, and this is the reason I was down early that day. The yeah. reason I, because you know me, I don't leave my house to watch the Eagles very often. Right. Is because uh, Kunal Aurora was doing a post-Eagles game show. Right. And, uh, and I, I, you know, I love Kunal. I didn't want to miss him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was no way for me to leave after the Eagles game and be here in time. No, because we probably started the show about 15 minutes late yeah. because of that. Right, right. Yeah. And so you were nice enough to let me uh, come down and watch the— Of course. Uh, and, of course, that was the time the Eagles got their ass handed to them by the Jets, which was <sighs> sucked in the, sucked for Kunalt. <laughs> Only loss of the season, though, far, so far, right? Yeah, yeah. And they've been killing it. But uh, that one week, and, of course, we have a comedy show right after an Eagles loss, the only <sighs> time that would have happened all year. <laughs> Completely zapped the energy out of the room, right? It, it really kind of did. And uh, but here's what a pro Kunal is: is he got the energy back and then some. Yeah, you know, like he just, you know, he went out there and did his thing and engaged the crowd like he does. And uh, man, he's, you know, he's just one of the best. You know, yeah, I love when that guy comes down and headlining, featuring, whatever he's doing. I'm there. You just know? the best, man. Yeah, he really is. And he sized up that whole situation, like the pro that he is, because uh, he uh, he he got there. Two hours before the show or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because he always he likes to set up his equipment. Yep. And so he can record always his stuff. He's getting clips. Yep. Yeah. He's one of the most professional guys on the scene. You know, and uh, and then you bring him through to where I am because I guess you guys were you had run into him outside or something. He comes in, takes one look at the because I'm standing now, so the butt pillow is on display. He takes one look at the situation, sizes the whole thing up, roasts the shit out of me, and just walks on through the room. <laughs> Ski root boop. He's <laughs> incredible, man. Just boom. Sized me up like the Terminator. Said the perfect couple roast jokes, which I wish I could remember, but I don't. And uh, skedaddled on out of there until it was uh, closer to showtime. Oh, my gosh. It was perfect, dude. <laughs> perfect. 
Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. No, dude, it was great, man. And he really fed off the, that whole energy from that, that birthday party room. Uh, yes. Getting to, like, how, how that couple met. Yeah. And, and yeah. His family, her family. Yes. All the friends. Yeah, and deciphering different things. There was a there was a guy who ended up being a lineman yeah. who was a real interesting guy. Yeah. He, he was really cool with Kunal, the back and forth. And there's always, I told you, there's two shows going on. There's one for the audience, there's one for the comics. I keep reiterating this. Well, that. that guy that you're talking about mm-hmm. saw me outside and he goes, man, because there's so many people that I, I forget know soul joels but don't realize i started as a stand-up yeah so when right. i was on stage they, they none of them had ever seen me right including even like linda and her husband yeah they've been to shows but never been to a show that i was on right except for the for little, the little intro, intro yeah. right mm-hmm. so <laughs> the guy goes man you were so funny so funny i've been to other shows and the comics aren't that funny well canal is behind him oh boy yawning <laughs> Perfect. The guy goes back in the room and he goes, all I could think about was, if that guy thinks Joel's hilarious, this is going to be a piece of cake. <laughs> like, oh, you can't let me have that one? <laughs> no, Kudos ain't going to let you have anything. He's not going to give you anything for free. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Oh man! Yeah, and that guy also, and that, and his whole crew were just uh, raving after the show, man. Like about everybody, the, the, all the comics, and just the fact that you brought life back to this place for the, to the public. Yes, you know. Yeah, and he was fine, and they live right over, like across the street. They can right. walk here, right? You know what I mean? Right. And he's like, it's so cool to have this place back as a place to go to again. It really you know? is cool, yeah. man. Yeah. Really- um, dude, I got to tell you. Uh, so I'm halfway through this book. Oh, what? Yes. Dang. So I so, thought that I had it was one chapter. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's going to be ten chapters. Technically, I'm done four. I'll give you halfway. We'll halfway. Uh, we'll we'll round up. The Queen of the North, Deanna, is going to write one. Oh, that's right. One chapter. That's awesome. And then I got the forward by Giannis Papas. Oh, that's killer. I texted him. Uh, I, obviously, I can't read it right now, but um, and he goes, "I'd be honored." That's and fucking awesome. He goes. Do you want like something? He goes. He goes. Do you want something long or just like a little something? And I, I was just happy. He said yes. Right. Whatever, dude. Right. Yeah. So I said, if you want, I could send you, you know, a couple of chapters. But I told him um, the brief part in chapter two when I said he was in the car with me. Oh, so now also let me backpedal. The story is told by Joel Richardson, mm-hmm. written by Lou. Oh. So re or Lou is helping me organize my thoughts. Right. All this chaos, wow. ADD. Lou's so awesome, man. The best. She's incredible. She's keeping me on task and, and uh, organized. So she she formulated, like, when I was on my way back from my dad's hometown, we were doing a show. It was uh, early May of 2009, days before I left, officially. But I, I knew I was leaving. They went came to pick up the car a couple days later, uh, you know, then I was done leaving pharmaceutical sales. Mm-hmm. And, uh... But it was on that car ride, that six-hour ride, back to New York to drop off Giannis and James Madden. And they're like, this is the best thing that ever happened to you. And Giannis said to me that um, I can, if I really focus on comedy, I could be a good feature or middle act. Mm -hmm. He goes, but you were given the God-given ability to be one of the best that ever lived. Why don't you embrace that as being a comedy producer and event planner? Some great advice, man. Yeah, and I was like, man, 
That was a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, dude, I could yeah, get that too. Yeah. And for that reason, the book's going to be called Not Funny. Yeah. And, uh, That's great. Yeah. My, and, of course, Deanna came up with that as well. Beautiful. Which was another hard pill to swallow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be... I'm going to be... <laughs> That's so awesome, yeah, and, and, and not funny. <laughs> oh, it's priceless. But it's that's it's going to be great, man. That's and he, really uh, but I I, wrote, I I sent that to him, and that was on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then two days later, I texted him. I go, Bud, and we always said eyebrows raised. He he gets it because he's he know I've been doing this for years, right? Right. And I go, you're just going to sit on that text message. Like I poured my heart out to him, saying that this that was a a moment, like a pivotal moment, like almost like a milestone. Right? Where you're like, I bought a car, got my first job, bought a house. You're like, Giannis' school hard knocks. Yeah, man. I graduated, and he gave me nothing. Then before you know it, I got a, a huge like page of what he wrote. Oh, that's so cool. And it was like basically saying uh, that um, you got you got to be able to kill uh, and hunt, and you got to be uh, a warrior and an adrenaline junkie. That's what he called me. I love and, it. And uh, he goes, anywhere you could put on a show, whether it was a VFW hall, a golf course, um, country club, casino, Joel put on a show. And he goes, and I was honored to do all those places. He goes, I'm a stand-up comedian and a good one because I did uh, because of Soul Joel Productions. That's incredible, man. That's yeah. incredible. Really cool. What a stand-up guy, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's a... I mean that's that how so how long ago was that? So that was uh that was 2009. So it was okay. that was 14 years ago in May. So almost 14 and a half years ago. What? Yeah, two yeah 14. And a half years. But we started doing shows in like early 2008. So it was probably like a year and a half after I met. So basically 15 years ago. That's incredible. That dude. All that stuff happened. Yeah, and uh, but and I go, dude, I love you, man. This is great. And he goes, uh, should it be funnier? Like, it's because it's not funny at all. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. I go, the fact that you're Giannis Pappas, I go, this is great. I go, but it doesn't have to be funny. I right. go, you said what you said. Yeah. And this is great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Plus, it's called not funny. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're right. Yeah. That's so cool, though, dude. I mean, for real. Like, the that, you know, because, you know, Giannis is obviously fucking huge now. You know what I yeah. mean? And he doesn't have to do that, you know. <laughs> no. But he's a stand-up guy, you know. I for mean, real. That's, that's no joke. That's cool. That's cool shit, man. That is yeah. cool shit. And uh, I found out to be a, a New York Times bestseller, you got to sell 5,000 copies. Which, a, that doesn't seem like as much as I would have expected. That's attainable. Because everything is Googleable. Mm-hmm. I put it in. I was surprised, too. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> of course, Deanna goes, your goal's a 1,000. <laughs> <laughs> Reality check. <laughs> and, of course, I'm doubling that. I'm like, my goal's 10,000. Yeah, hell like, yeah. This, so the point of the book is to not, and, it, and anything that I do, like, not to make money. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. Obviously, it'd be great. Sure, but I wanted to raise my profile, get my story out there. Yes, kind of collectively have everything in one spot mm-hmm. and tell the story. Yeah, I think that's and, great. Uh, a lot of the you know behind the scenes and you know I, I, a lot of stuff I forgot about. Like I even talked to my dad the other night, and not to give away too much, but uh, the first show that I that I booked was an open bar 
Mm, okay. And it was overlooking the Manhattan skyline. Oh, wow. And that's how I got people there because it was open bar. Mm. I didn't make any money. I gave the money right back to the <laughs> owner just for the space. And uh, it was $20 all you can drink for like two hours. Okay. okay. But I must have packed 150 people in this place. Dang. Yeah, and all of a sudden, uh, all you hear is clunk, 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 boom, 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 boom. Deanna fell down the stairs. <laughs> not the queen of the staircase. No, no, not queen of the north, but not the staircase. <laughs> and one of my fraternity brother goes, "Oh, Joel's sister fell down the stairs." <laughs> Every funny part of this night revolved around alcohol. Then. There was four guys on the show. I'm the only one that does comedy, still. Oh, oh, oh! Gotcha, gotcha. Yep. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> we had a juggler. Interesting booking. Yeah. <laughs> Good gig. Fire eater. Yeah. Sword swallower. Yeah. <laughs> one of the guys is ESPN announcer. Uh, he, what? Yeah. He uh, he uh, is the official announcer for United States women's water polo. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, and uh, so. He's used to go into broadcasting and stuff like that. He uh, very funny, obviously, with color commentary yeah, and everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my buddy Gatano, who only performed at that place twice and has never done stand up again. Get the hell out of here. Him and this guy Greg that works for ESPN now crushed it. Right. My other buddy Dave, who then once wore a Batman suit to one of our shows, it was the day after Halloween, November first. <laughs> I picked him up. At, I picked him up at uh, at his house, and all of a sudden, Batman approaches the car, and he goes, "Don't worry, it's Dave." <laughs> I'm like, "Buddy, this is so funny." So, but that night, uh, we're at the place. Uh, he gets so tanked and nervous, like drinking beers. Oh yeah. We had one of those portable stages. Yeah. He got up, overshot it, and fell off off and over the stage, oh, like almost like a Kramer moment. <laughs> yeah. And Seinfeld, boom, 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 over. Boom. Yeah, dude. And then never recovered. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Holy. Then my dad's my dad's got two sisters. One's older, one's younger. The younger the older one, I'm sorry, was there and she was back in her drinking days, loved Coors Light. Okay. 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 And she had two beers in her hand and all of a sudden she just starts chugging. <laughs> and Deanna, after she fell down the stairs, <laughs> goes, What are you doing? And she goes, Well, your grandmother's here, and we're sharing. Uh, we're sharing a hotel room. I don't want her to, her to see how much I'm drinking. <laughs> so I grab two beers. It's open bar. I chug one, and then casually walk back with the other. Dude, that is priceless. Priceless. Wow. And she's getting checked by the girl who fell down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now. <laughs> and now, and now, this part is not going in the book. Okay. Okay. But I'll let you know. Uh, we did a second show. And this is why I don't drink at shows anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had an argument over money with the owner, and him and I got in an argument, and he knocks me out. Get the hell out of here. Dude, I'm talking blackout. Whoa, bro. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, and I was still in pharmaceutical sales at the time. <laughs> and this was a Friday or Saturday, whatever night it was. But And then I had a ride-along, which was only once a month. The timing was not good. Probably should have called out sick. Yeah. But my... My cheek was all like black and blue, and yeah. So I, I had to tell my uh, boss that I, uh, I dribbled and hit my face with a basketball. <laughs> so you came up with, a yeah. Woman. I was like, you know, I'm a cl- I'm a clumsy wrestler. It was the same season. I didn't do it. Ham-handed, a little ham-handed yeah. crossover attempt. Yeah. 
I ended up having to sue that guy, man. Get out of town. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. Never, never ate there again. But I, it was, oh, uh, I would imagine not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know how it is. Sure, it probably ended the gigs. <laughs> yeah. For no money. <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. Wild, right? Wow. Damn. Yeah. I never told you any of those stories, no, right? No, dude. Well, I, 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 no, actually. Well, I mean, maybe a couple of the, yeah, you know. a little, uh, there's a little, like a little bit about the, that bar situation, but never any of the details. Yeah. That's amazing, dude. That's Wild. What a night, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. What a night. Yeah. Dude, dude. And I think I was on stage for like 15 or 17 minutes. I, I like, but it wasn't solid. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, well, hey, so what's, uh, what's cooking, you know? Dude, that's amazing. Yeah. Dude, you know now, you don't have to tell this if you don't want, but since I just told this on the other podcast, don't you have a good uh, edible story about a gig? Oh, yeah. So, all right. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, we were in, this is right before the pandemic. We ended up going to uh, Vermont, Burlington, Vermont. And then the next day, we, we headed to Maine. And who's we in this case? Yep. So, uh, James Mattern. Mm. And Julie Agar. Oh wow, James you and know. Julie. And at the, the time, Vegas boys. Right at the time, Julie's uh, still writer and producer for the Stern Show. Yeah, dude, he was in the thick of it still. So because I'm I'm, I'm managing the tour, managing Julie, uh, I'm the one that's getting paid by everyone. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking to the manager of the theater, and we're in downtown Vermont. Uh, also, the Vermont Comedy Club is there, and Nikki Glazer's in town. Oh right. And okay, in my okay. mind, I'm like. We're going to hang out, and I'm going to meet Nikki. This is my chance to become Nikki's manager. Yeah, well, <laughs> just uh, some, somehow rub elbows. Right, yeah, totally, yeah, yeah, totally. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Get in proximity and yeah. see what happens. <laughs> and uh, so I'm talking to the manager. He ends up being from New Jersey, so him and I are talking about, you know, uh, everything like that. He was from North Jersey, so we, I talked about, you know, going to school in Staten Island, and, and I used to work in North Jersey. Then all of a sudden this hippie chick comes over, you know, Vermont, little. little Got to watch out for Vermont hippie chicks, bro. Well, that's where the story's going. <laughs> so she was like, oh, yeah, just uh, bake some brownies or whatever. And I was like, I'm not not curious. We all know Joel and his sweets. Yes, ex- <laughs> that, exactly. <laughs> so she comes back and grabs a brownie, and she's just talking and, and whatever. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Do you want one? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> now, this is where I fail to ask questions. <laughs> Well, similar to my wedding story yes. from last uh, episode. <laughs> this girl had her own stickers, like her own branding. It wasn't just something that was like, I'm just going to bake a cake. Right, right. Yeah, she's, like this is, it's more. This is some random batch of cookies for the boys at the club. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Dude, it was like a brick. Oh, boy. Like, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Bigger than like my hand, you know what I mean? Like, or the size of my hand. A you solid know? chunk a of so- brownie, man. Yeah, a solid rectangle. Yeah, nice, nice. And uh, I love brownies. I go up and do my thing, 10, 15 minutes. James Madden's on. Mm-hmm. And then Shuli. Uh, and I just start eating this brownie. And my world's getting rocked. <laughs> and Joel, Joel doesn't, uh, isn't as much a weed guy as I am, by the way. Right. Not even close. <laughs> and, yeah, it's it hit me all. Like I'm like, this is. And in hindsight, Shuli's like, dude. I'm not even mad, but why didn't you talk to me? He's like, this is my world. He goes, uh, but why didn't you share? <laughs> he goes, at the very least, even if you didn't want to share your brownie, you greedy. 
He goes, I would have told you how to eat this properly. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, he, he, goes, had, just he goes, this isn't your world. He's like, just tiny little. Dude, he underestimated your your uh, your love of sweets. Yeah. And how quickly that was going to go down once it was in your hands. 100%. <laughs> and dude, this is this is on the doorstep of me opening up Soul Joel's. Oh, wow. So this is two weeks before. Oh, wow. So this yeah. is like late 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. This is mid-October. Wow. Fall foliage. Yeah. Everything's yeah, going on. Yeah, it's all I'm going I'm on down. the theater's bathroom floor. <laughs> dude, all kinds of people are talking about me. and stuff. I mean, dude, I look dead. Dude. And I was, I was, uh, this was my jolliest. Like I was, I was going through the the transformation of leaving the Valley Forge Casino, opening up Soul Joel's, not really working out, tra- driving from New Jersey to Pennsylvania back and forth. Uh, I was two sixty eight, so I was like, Oh yeah, yeah dude. I, I myself was a rectangle. Yeah. <laughs> SpongeBob Square Joel. Yeah. <laughs> not necessary, but hilarious. I think we got the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you didn't need to do that either. I think they got it. Okay, just I just want to be sure, dude. And like, uh, Shuli ends up like like I was still supposed to get paid. Okay. So Shuli ends up getting the check. He's like this, and like he's like, all right, let's go, big fella. I'm like, this is embarrassing, dude. Oh man. The next day. We're shaking it off, and I'm still feeling a little queasy, right? I've slept, like, obviously, like a brick. Oh, sure. And uh, it's all out at this point, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I left it in that theater. <laughs> and the next day, we're, we're leaving downtown. Have you been up to Burlington, Vermont? Yeah, actually. Yeah, so beautiful town. I'd it's never gorgeous. been there before. We're driving around. And Shuli and James were like, oh, let's go this way. I'm like, let's go that way. So I end up making a left, just following my gut instincts. And we see this place on the right-hand side. There's a line, so I'm like, it's got to be great. There's a line. Mm-hmm. Let's go check it out. They're like, oh, man, we don't feel like waiting. And I'm parallel parking, and I hear, James. It was Andrew Collins and Arlie, uh, Ari Finling, the two openers for Nikki Glazer. Get out. Get yeah, out. They recognize Shuli and James yeah. from both living in New York. We, we parallel, I didn't know them at the time. Mm-hmm. Parallel park. We end up having breakfast together. I pick up the tab, and uh, and we had and, and Nikki was there. We we ended up having breakfast with Nikki. So it ended up happening anyway. Yeah, but is, I was probably feeling my worst. Dude, I was like not. And and at the time, she was still do, she was doing with Andrew. Uh, Are you up at, on Comedy Central's uh, radio yes, on Sirius XM? Yes, I remember that. So her and Shuli were in the building every day, Get so they knew each other for being at Sirius. Oh, yeah, that's so wild. Man. We were just talking and hanging out, and then one year later. During the pandemic, she headlined Soul Joel's. I was going to ask, and that, that meeting obviously had something to do with this. That was one, literally the same day, one year later, because that was a Saturday morning, and she headlined the next uh, next year on a Sunday. That's great. I, I was at that one, and she, yeah. she slayed, you know? Slayed, dude. Slayed, That was yeah. right before the Dome. She was still in open air, yep. um, cold, Yep. all bundled up. Yeah. And, dude, when they pulled up, I think, I think Ari was driving. And uh, Andrew Collins was in uh, Shotgun, mm-hmm. and uh, my sister and I were like checking people in, and the back window rolls down, and it was Nikki, and she goes, "Do you have any gray poupon?" <laughs> I'm like, "Dude, at the time, like it's just like one of those things, like like being our age, yes, like that was probably 
other kids wouldn't get it. You right. know what I mean? But it was like such a strong commercial back then. 100%. Dude. It was so funny. Anybody in our age range. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, it was just so. Because I mean, in 2019, you hadn't heard it for 25 years. Right, exactly. <laughs> and you just felt like there's one of those things where it's like that situation where it was just caught off guard where. She probably just felt silly pulling up and being in the back. Yeah, right, right, right. But made it so funny. Because she's a comic. She's, she's got to make it funny, and she's and it a was good one. <laughs> so great, dude. That's amazing, dude. That, that was a fun story, That's yeah. killer, man. That's Because yeah. I knew a lot of that story, but I hadn't heard all of those details. That's oh, cool. yeah, yeah. That's really dude, cool. it was it was like the best, man. <laughs> That's so awesome, Yeah, it was man. fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so we both had our edible adventures. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I, I guess yours was planned, too, but yeah. You, you, you again, you, you thought you were going right, and you made a left. Yeah, totally, dude, totally, yeah. Yeah, I, I knew I was going straight, but I didn't know it was going to be a, a 65 miles an hour. <laughs> dude, you were expecting a nice little yeah. little sweet treat, you know, a little full tummy, yeah. a little sugar buzz, maybe. Chugga, chugga, choo-choo. <laughs> uh, oh, that's priceless, man. That the is best, priceless. man. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then we got, uh, I'm gonna, I mean, fast forward. I mean, yeah. we, uh, so we got... Uh, Davis um, coming in, in December. Oh, Daryl Davis. Daryl Davis. Oh, yeah, let's talk about this. Yeah, yeah. He, so he, uh, him, uh, he's coming Friday, December 1st. Yes, with QDK, yeah. which is Quentin Jones, who people were flipping out. Quentin played in um, Gatsby's for the first time two Fridays ago now, I want to yes. say. And the people that were there were absolutely flipping out. They couldn't believe what they were seeing. They were asking, you know, his name. They were Googling him. They were they were following him and, and on the spot and all this stuff. Um, Quentin is a guy I've known for a long time. He's in the Rockabilly Hall of Fame, which is <laughs> – you're not going to hear me talk about many Hall of Famers coming through here. You know what I mean? Like, that's a real deal, no joke sh- stuff. He's sponsored by Gretsch Guitars, which is, like, one of the holy grails of sponsorships. Uh, it's not – uh, something I would normally even bring up, but anybody that knows guitars knows what a big deal that is. Um, and he's just a gem of a human. Anybody that saw the episode with him on our podcast knows what a priceless dude Quentin is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Quentin puts together these all-star bands, and this one has a big treat for the Philly area. For anybody from Philly, Delco, anywhere in this area, everybody knows the Hooters, especially anybody over 35 or whatever. Yeah. You know? um, and they were huge in the 80s. They were international superstars. And uh, and their drummer uh, David Yusikinen, uh, I think is how you say it, um, is the drummer in QDK. He's the D. Uh, the K is Kenny Aronson. Kenny Aronson is uh, an absolute legend of the bass. He played with everybody from Bob Dylan to Billy Squire to ba- uh, Billy Idol to I mean just on and on and on. He was one of the people that got the call to audition for the freaking Rolling Stones when their bass player retired in the early nineties. Um, you know, he was one of a handful of people that got in that room. You know, that's how respected he is. He's a big deal, too. And then on top of everything else, Daryl Davis. And Daryl Davis, if you want to know something about Daryl Davis, just uh, go to YouTube and look up his appearance on the Joe Rogan show. They've clipped yeah. it out into 12 different clips. And each one, the lowest amount of views on any of those clips is just shy of a million. Well, and, and by the time this comes out, uh, if you just go to Soul Joel's Facebook page, I'm going to have the, all the clips on the event page. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect. Yep, perfect. Yep. Yeah, go check that out, man. It's unbelievable. And I'll give you a quick preview of what it is and let Daryl tell you the rest. Yeah, it's under Dece- uh, December 1st uh, inside the Sunnybrook Ballroom. But it's on the Soul Joel's Facebook page, uh, QDK. QDK with Daryl Davis. With Daryl Davis, yeah. 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 So Daryl, 
Um, now, I met this guy. This is wild, dude. Let's talk about some crazy full-circle life stuff like your, your Nikki Glazer thing, right? So this started when I was 16 years old, all right? I just started playing guitar. I was only a couple months in. I wasn't any good yet. And uh, my mom got me into the local uh, club, the Chameleon Club, to see uh, the Daryl Davis band, who we knew nothing about other than that he was a blues guy. Right. We go, and during their set break, Daryl and his guitar player uh, both took time to talk to me like I was, like I mattered. You know what I mean? Which at 16 years old meant an awful lot. You know, it was these cool, like serious musicians, like giving me the time of day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, um, they even invited me up on stage, which I wasn't good enough to do yet. I had to decline, but it was very cool of them. And uh, and I come to find out that Daryl was uh, at the time and for a long time was Chuck Berry's keyboard player when he played the East Coast. And I would, dude, I would have to imagine that Chuck Berry played here. I, it would not surprise me, dude. I would bet on it. I would bet on it because Chuck was a touring machine for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, there's a great uh, documentary on Chuck Berry called Hail, Hail, Rock and Roll that is incredible and talks about a lot of his road habits and how much he toured. And he would literally do a contract, man, where uh, if you hire Chuck Berry, one, you had to pay him with a suitcase full of cash. Whatever the money, whatever the number was, cash only, sir. And uh, um, And you had to provide him unless he had certain guys like he developed with Daryl uh, that he liked to use in certain places, you had to provide him with a quote-unquote rock and roll band. <laughs> Your own house band. Your own house band, man, yeah. So too bad uh, Chuck's not still around or I would have volunteered to be the guitar guy. Because, <laughs> man, oh. could you imagine, dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, dude, suit full of cash? Suit, yep, yep. You got to have a the suitcase. Suitcase sorry, full sorry. of cash. Yeah, put, a, put it in a suit, too. He would have taken me away <laughs> as long as you're giving him cash. He was But happy. what a wild time to be alive. Dude, for real, man. And Chuck was a hard-working dude. He was yeah, out. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But torn if, and torn. If, yeah, if he's doing 10 straight road gigs, mm-hmm. he's got a caravan full of cash. Dude, well, I don't know what he did. Did he that's go home saying. after stops? Did he have a banky put it in? Like, did he put it in, you know, did he go to the Western Union and yeah. send it to him? Dude, wife? for those few times that I had to pay comics and that big money yeah. amounts, dude, I've never felt more nervous. Yeah, I bet, man. I can't, I, I hate it. I felt like I was robbing myself from the bank. Dude, for real. Like, I feel nervous if I have like $100. Dude, this was, that, <laughs> and this was more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Just so you know. That is so awesome, dude. Yeah. So back to Daryl Davis. So yeah, yeah, Darryl, sorry, sorry. No, 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 it's all good. I love it. I love it. So, uh, so I meet Daryl at that club when I'm 16 years old. He ended up uh, like we ended up hanging out a little bit. He showed he had he had this collection of Polaroid pictures dude, yeah. that you wouldn't believe from every celebrity. Like you, like I remember specifically remember Dolly Parton, two of the Three Stooges, uh, you know, like uh, Roy Clark from uh, Howdy Doody or not Howdy Doody, uh, Hee Haw, Hee Haw. Yeah, but um, th- but those are like those guys that were all in vaudeville and doing like. And, and just celebrities at during the course of Daryl's career. You know what I mean? Because Daryl started playing in the 70s. So, and he started, he did real well. He's an unbelievable musician. He's a, he's a uh, keyboard player, by the way. And uh, he is just phenomenal. You'll see it if you come. Come and see this guy. He is uh, just a phenom. And he's, uh, he's got a degree in jazz performance from college, but he's known for playing everything from boogie-woogie to blues to uh, rock and roll. Yeah. And uh, he's just a gem. Um so, now fast forward, like, 25, 30 years, and I turn on, back when Rogan, Joe Rogan's podcast was still on YouTube, Yeah, I turn on the, that week's episode five, six years ago, whatever it was now, and I see Daryl Davis's name. 
I didn't see the face yet. I was just pulling it up. And I'm like, no. Now, I hadn't seen Daryl. I went and saw him two or three years in a row every time he came to that chameleon club. Yeah. And then eventually we lost touch like you do. You know what I mean? This was pre-Facebook and all that, so, you know, unless I was calling him on the on a landline, I wasn't going to get a hold of him. And <laughs> so, um, so now I pull up this episode of Rogan, I see the name, and I'm like, no way. And then I look at it, and it's freaking Daryl Davis. He had his own episode. His own episode. And I'm like, what in the world is Daryl Davis? Because, I, I mean, listen, I think the world of him is a musician, but there's a, there's a whole bunch of musicians out there, and most of them aren't getting on Rogan. You know what I mean? So I was like, why is he on Rogan? Now, here's where it gets wild. Now, I did not mention Daryl Davis is a black man, all right? Now, Daryl started in the 70s playing in, uh, he's from D.C., and he started playing a lot of the, like, Maryland juke joints that were mostly white and a lot very racist. <laughs> it turns very quickly into the South when you get into certain parts of Maryland. And uh, so it turns out he's on Rogan because he had developed uh, a relationship over the years with certain people in the KKK and he had managed to uh, turn them from uh, basically put it a better way. He got them to, to realize the error of their ways. And through this over the years, he's, he's amassed a collection of ex KKK member robes that he has proudly in his house somewhere. And uh, just astonishing stories yeah. that, that like literally 12 clips that they clipped out from his episode on Rogan, the least of which has just under a million views. Jeez. Yeah, it's freaking unbelievable. His story's been on CNN. He's been on every news thing talking about it. You know what I mean? He's, he's, he's become a, a, a quite a, a cult figure almost. You right. Know? And just, what, I mean, where, where, where do you ever hear a story like that? You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. And, and on top of that, he's a freaking phenom on the keyboards. Yeah, and just a good dude. Yes, just a solid awesome guy he treated me respectfully and awesomely as a 16 year old nobody he didn't know me from anything you know what i mean and he took time to to be very cool to me man very cool it left an impression whether i'd ever seen him on rogan or not i'd still be telling that story you know what i mean wow i was until i told that story several times over the years wait how long how long ago was he on rogan oh god it was it was probably five to seven years ago i want to say because he was still in la yeah because rogan's been on spotify for probably two or three years now okay and it was it was at least a couple years before that okay okay, okay. yeah yeah so probably when it was bigger it was at its peak it was at its absolute peak yeah it was like somewhere around the time when he was getting starting to get like the biggest names on the planet on you know okay, what i okay. mean yeah yeah it was well after the couch era you know when it was in his couch and in his apartment or wherever that was you yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah and then uh and uh into the studio era couple years before he sold it and went or took the spotify deal i should say wow yeah yeah so this dude is in this band that we're talking about coming here on december 1st his story is unbelievable his playing is just as unbelievable i don't know that he still does it so don't hold me to this but back in the day dude yeah. this guy in the middle of of jamming a song he pulls out a bottle of lighter fluid douses his keyboard with it lights it on fire and continues to play through the flames jamming his keyboard sober sober really oh yeah no daryl's a serious cat dude like you you when you meet him man he's a serious cat like he's uh you know he's funny and he has he he's you know he's you know he has a sense of humor and all that but you know instantly you're dealing with a serious gentleman wow yeah so what can people expect uh, that night? Oh man, they're gonna. That, it's gonna be like obviously a, almost like a history of a rock and roll meets blues show. You know what I mean? Like these guys, like Quentin. Um, Quentin is like a walking encyclopedia of the early days of rock and roll, and um, and Daryl is too. 
they do this neat thing, man, too. Where like, but, and 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 um, sorry, Quentin is the one that's in the Rock and Rockabilly Hall of Fame. Correct, Quentin. Okay. Yeah, and he's the guitar player in the right. band. All right, right. It's he's the one that gets all these unbelievable people to come together. You yeah. know, Quentin has this uh, wonderful facility, facilitating ability. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That brings just legendary people together for one night, and uh, it, you're not going to see these people on stage together very often. This doesn't happen a whole lot, and we're lucky yeah. to have it here. You know, right. And they're going to play, they'll probably play some Chuck Berry tunes because of Daryl, I'm guessing, you know. Don't hold me to any of this because I'm guessing here. But uh, um, but I know when I saw them, the last time I saw this group, um, it was uh, at a really special show in Lancaster. And um, <laughs> uh, Daryl came out from behind his keyboards and uh, kind of sidled up behind Quentin. Yeah. And the next thing you know, it's time for a solo to a Chuck Berry tune, right? Quentin puts his hands up and just stands there. The guitar's strapped to him you know what i mean daryl's arms come from behind him and play the guitar solo and quentin's just standing there like you know daryl's down here doing the finger work and then he steps out from behind him goes back behind the keyboards and starts tearing it up again <laughs> that's the kind of stuff you're gonna see at this show man it's like gonna they're, be again it's a show for for the audience and for them and they're like messing around with each other exactly but not compromising the music. It's the old school showmanship that you don't see much anymore. Back when, like, Jimi Hendrix used to play behind his back and play with his teeth. Quentin and, and Daryl have all that and then some, man. And it's like the old school, like, hardcore road dogs. You know what I mean? Well, you could even see it when you sent me the pictures mm-hmm. in action. Yes, yes. Like, you're like that. You could feel the passion and the energy in just a picture. Yes. They cook it, man. They are, they are they are four serious dudes, man. Like you're not going to see a collection of musicians like this together very often. Yeah, it's a really and still only ten dollars in advance, fifteen at the door. Right. I think we're crazy, but get it while you can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're, you're trying to build this place up like I did with comedy. Yeah. And we're creating a scene, and I can't thank you enough. Uh, it's my pleasure, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My pleasure. And we're gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Your eyes open for music here, man. Yeah. It's, it's going to keep getting better and better. Yeah, and and we're having people sign the back wall. Yes, we're uh, getting that tradition going again. Which yeah, is super dude, cool. This uh, this past week we had Jim Brewer sign. Oh, that's so cool. I, re- I finally remember. Well, actually, uh, his his videographer did. Oh, okay. Um, they call him the kid. The kid. Uh, but his name uh name is uh um uh, Jim, and he's also Jim. Okay. And, uh, Does he so- do the podcast with him? No. Okay. No, no, no. He, you know, he's, uh, but he does all his road filming. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, so he was like, dude, we got to have him sign. I'm like, thank you for reminding me. Yeah. Um, well done. Yeah. So, so he, we signed it. And then, um, for the swing dance that Sunday, we had the Ultra Kings. Oh, dude. You know them? Well, remember, we talked to Quentin about it. Remember, Quentin knew them. Oh, yeah. That's right. Because, yeah, because they're a rockabilly guy. Yep. Uh, and I, I didn't even think about this, but, do people that, come to a lot of the other dances they 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 went they came in and they're like i can't believe you got this band to come here so i was like oh good booking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i love it dude yeah, a little a little, a little whoopsie cakes that's so awesome uh, man. What, what, do you, what do you say a happy accident yeah 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 happy mistake a happy mistake <laughs> i didn't know ah, who knew yeah. yeah man well we're learning buddy we're learning you know like it's uh like i had to rely on a lot of people that i know early on in this booking which yeah. i'm thrilled about because they're all great you yeah. know what i mean and a lot of them are going to draw anywhere like quentin's band i mean you know if, yeah. I, if, I, if having the guy from the hooters on drums doesn't draw him pots down yeah know, i'm done you know what i mean like right. I, I don't know what to tell you you know what i mean yeah but uh but we're learning this area too 
You know what I mean? We're starting to learn who some of the some of the uh, local acts that we can bring out that'll draw too. You yeah. know what I mean? And we're going to start bringing that to the ballroom as well. Dude, and we already got 260 tickets sold for that Celtic Christmas. That's incredible. Yeah, so incredible. we're already over 25% of the way sold out if if we were to sell how much we had for Brewer. That's amazing. On man. a Sunday matinee. That's incredible. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh is it Kim from Vujade, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who is going to be playing in uh, Gatsby's also yeah. with Julie Kovac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and also with her own duo. Right. And uh, we're going to have her here as on the regular. You know, she's, yeah. I mean, she's. She, she Alan Hilled me. She what? I go, we have over uh, uh, 250 tickets sold. She goes, right on. <laughs> she didn't say brother. I was going to say, well, we No, she didn't brother. say brother. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. That is, I can't wait to meet this woman. I still haven't met her. Oh, she's and great, man. I mean, great it's obviously her and her husband are real dynamic, yep. and I uh, can't wait to great, see them do their great thing. Great following, good people. I couldn't uh, go to the show in the Dome where they did real well over Labor Day, I think it was, right? Yeah. Uh, no, it was uh, It was like the last weekend in September. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, no, it was late September, and that was their 25th anniversary. Wow. So when she came to me, this idea, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Um, she initially was saying Gatsby's, but thank goodness, we, we'd be out of capacity now. Mm-hmm. Um, but on a Sunday matinee, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. We need to talk to them about the ballroom. Oh, they're in the ballroom. Vujade? Oh, not Vujade. Uh, the Celtic, this Celtic thing. Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we yeah. need to talk to them about Vujade in the ballroom, too. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, because it's different. Um, Different, different group, right? So, yeah, and she's got multiple things, man. Yeah, you know, she's going to be here as part of that, as part of the duo with Julie, as part of the duo with her husband. Yep. Um, those, those alone, and plus Vujade will be here for sure at some yeah. point again. It's so, all going to happen, man. Yeah. 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 It's all and then uh, the New Year's Eve, man. I'm looking forward to it. So oh, we got. Uh, that's all right. Well, actually, uh, then we got uh, Chris Barron coming from um, uh, the Spin Doctors. The spin Doctors. Mm-hmm. And Ava opening up. Which people are excited about. Ava's great, man. Yeah. What, uh, I just blanked on her last name, DeFiori. Yep, DeFiori. Yeah. And then uh, uh, th- New Year's Eve, we have um, the Sounds of Sunnybrook House Band and the matinee afternoon. Jason Solomon, comedy show at 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then at night, um, the, oh gosh, Dibs and the Detonators. Dibs and the Detonators. Which uh, are, are another good rockabilly swing band. Yeah. But they just they just rock the house, and people love to dance to them. Um, so we're going to – it's going to be another New Year's Eve rocking time here. That's going to be killer, dude. Yeah. Killer. That's exciting stuff, man. Yeah. Really exciting. But, uh, yeah, man. We're cooking. We're, we're cooking. We're cooking. For Alan Hill, this is Soul Joel, another episode of Bring Them Out. Please subscribe, watch us, and uh, leave us a review, and we'll see you soon.